should be in September, and as we head to October, we typically see a cool down. Here's a look at that, your monthly average. I'll just step out of the way to show you the year. Um, October typically is in the 70s, and we're going to begin the month very much well above that, at least 20 degrees above average. Here's a look at your week. Okay, Thursday begins October. We'll be at 96 in L.A. downtown. Friday, still another hot day with 92, and then see how things start to cool down a little bit. We're still not going to be where we should be for this time of year, so things are definitely going to stay hot through the weekend, although we do get a little bit of relief from the heat from the marine layer, still looking pretty hot. Now, your records, here's a look at Thursday. Anaheim, Lancaster, Palmdale, Camarillo, you are cities that may break records. So as we take a look at that, last time we saw temperatures this hot was in 2012 for Anaheim and Lancaster and in Palmdale been a long time 1998 since you've seen something this hot 101 on the way tomorrow Camarillo about 98 so stay with us Anthony Yanez is coming up here at five o'clock he's going to track more of those record highs for today and for tomorrow as well as that seven-day forecast and this heat wave stay safe everyone we want to share this heartwarming reunion with you this is Hasbro's Children's Hospital in Providence Rhode Island and these dogs from the hospital's volunteer canine therapy program well they haven't been allowed inside for months until now Several patients visited with the dogs through the glass, as you see here. Handlers brought the dogs up to the window one by one for that special hello, and it's really hard to tell who missed whom the most. see their faces. They're smiling. You see their hands against the windows, and the dogs will also meet their hands with their paws, and it's, it's beautiful. It's really heartwarming. And the handlers say the dogs also missed the other dogs. We are getting a sneak peek inside the return of Saturday Night Live. The cast and crew met this week inside our Rockefeller Center Studio 8H for the socially distanced read-through. And the host is Chris Rock. The musical guest will put the kids to bed because it's Megan Thee Stallion. Right, the <laughs> season premiere this Saturday is the first live show since the pandemic shut down production back in March. Getting financial help for future college students. Up next, why it's especially important to apply for federal aid early this year or risk missing out on funding altogether. Say yes. Some disturbing allegations here in Westlake Village tonight. A well-known and respected philanthropist now arrested in what deputies are calling a hit-and-run accident. Earlier in the day, there were rumors connected to this accident. Street racing, a speeding car striking and killing two little boys in a crosswalk. Last night, News Chopper 4 found a Mercedes with front-end damage not far away, a female being questioned by deputies. But by this afternoon... The entire station is abuzz right now because this... Some of the rumors had evolved into confirmation. A story that Captain Salvador Vaceta says is a shock to the entire community of Westlake Village. We've arrested Rebecca Grossman, female wife 57, um, for two counts of vehicular manslaughter. She's being held $2 million bail. Part of the recovery is... Rebecca Grossman is a well-known and well-connected philanthropist. She's the wife of Dr. Peter Grossman, whose family founded the world-renowned Grossman Burn Center. She's co-founder of a foundation that benefits the center and has served as its spokeswoman. This is footage of an interview with her, which aired on NBC4 in 2016. Oh, no. It's the Grossman Burn Center. Residents who've been coming by here today, like Evan Forster, are stunned by the news. He says he had dinner with one of her relatives just a few weeks ago. She's a great lady. Oh, that's just horrible. Details of the investigation are as bizarre as they are troubling. Deputies say the two boys, aged 9 and 11, were within the marked crosswalk with two other children and two adults. They believe the car that struck them was being driven by Grossman. 
but another one appears to have been involved as well. Two cars were racing. Um, we believe speed is a factor, alcohol is a factor. Nasetta told us the other vehicle and its driver have not been located, and there's no description of either being released. We asked him if Grossman knows who that person is. Is she cooperating? She's not talking to us, no. Back here live where you can see people gathering here, flowers and cards they're leaving behind, paying respects off uh, Triunfo Canyon Road where this happened. NBC4 has reached out to various offices and numbers connected to the Grossman family for comment. So far, our calls have not been returned. Live in Westlake Village, Gordon Tokumatsu, NBC4 News. Well, it's a hot one here today, and uh, this heat wave is going to last for another couple of days. Many folks seem to be avoiding the heats in downtown Whittier. The outside tables at these restaurants here appeared mostly empty, and there weren't too many people at a nearby park. Over in Echo Park, about 65 students braved the heat at an outdoor learning center. Luckily, the LA Dream Center had a couple of shaded spots. The Inland Empire, some are staying cool by taking advantage of the recent reopening of movie theaters. What an opportunity then to uh, uh, watch a movie and stay cool at the same time. All right, meteorologist Anthony Giannis has an update on how hot it got and how long this will last in your first alert forecast. Hey, Anthony. Hey, Michael. And let me show you those Inland Empire temperatures because you had a range in the Inland Empire from 104 in Temecula to 108 degrees from Ontario Riverside to San Bernardino. Check out Fullerton, 110 degrees. It was hotter there than Palm Springs. Van Nuys also 108. LA 103, Long Beach 105 degrees, and in the 90s from Irvine all the way out to LAX. Here are a few of the record highs. Camarillo shattered a record from 1965. Uh, Santa Ana uh, squeaked by a record from 1924, almost 100 years that had been around. Long Beach, as I was mentioning, 105 degrees today. And then Riverside tied a record from 1980 of 108. Also, LAX at 953 this morning got to 92 degrees because of these offshore dry winds that we have breaking a record from 2005. So uh, not much has changed with the heat warnings except for the color. It's still through Friday evening, but what you're seeing is heat warnings now in this purple area, which means it's just incredibly hot there. So you just got to take it easy outside. So just a couple things as we head into the weekend. It's incredibly hot all the way through Friday. It's a light offshore wind with very uh, dry air. We will see lower temperatures next week. I'll show you that in the seven-day forecast in just a few minutes. Nearly three weeks after two deputies were shot in Compton, the man who the L.A. County Sheriff's Department says pulled the trigger is now in custody. Deontay Lee Murray was arrested earlier this month in connection with a carjacking. He was charged today with the attempted murder. Those two deputies are recovering from the shooting on September 12th. Now, the NBC4i team reported detectives believed Murray was the shooter in this case when he was arrested during a standoff in Linwood. Well, today, investigators said Murray threw a gun out of the window during a pursuit, and that matched the gun that was used in the shooting. The firearm in evidence is described as an 80 percenter, a ghost gun, a 40 caliber pistol loaded with eight rounds, five rounds short of its full capacity. There were five rounds fired at the deputies. Our investigative reporter Eric Leonard with our I team reported that the accused shooter was identified almost immediately. Now he's back to give us a look at uh, the inside story on this. Eric. Well, Colleen, we're told from a number of law enforcement sources that the quick progress in this investigation had a lot to do with the Sheriff's Department's deep well of information that it's gathered over the years on street gangs and gang members. 
And it may sound old school, but word on the street still carries a lot of importance in police work, not so much for proving a case in court, but rather in helping detectives know where to begin to look. And we're told that was the case here. In this investigation, my sources tell me both of those elements were in play, along with some information circulating that the attack on the deputies might in some way be related to another shooting that involved the sheriff's department that happened a few days before the deputies were shot at that transit station in Compton. Eric, what do you know about the evidence so far and how quickly this was put together for prosecutors? Our contacts tell us that the name of Mr. Murray, who was charged today, was circulating amongst the detectives working this case by the morning after the attack on the deputies, Sunday morning, and stakeouts were set up in a number of places to try to find him. Now, as that was happening, other detectives were out trying to find associates to see if they'd heard what had happened and who else might have been involved. And then after the arrest on that Tuesday, September 15th now, we're told significant pieces of additional evidence quickly fell into place. The gun found after the car chase in Linwood, you just heard the officials saying that it matched the gun that fired the shots at the deputies. Then there were statements made by some other key witnesses, and there were other electronic clues that the sources tell us supported all of the charges filed today. And we've heard that while much of this came together really quickly, right in the days after those deputies were shot, and then really fast after the arrest was made in Linwood, given the nature of this case, detectives were given as much time as they needed to tie up any loose ends, verify every last detail before the case was presented to prosecutors, and we saw the charges filed this morning. All right, Eric, thank you for that. Now, you may remember from the beginning, the sheriff insisted this was not the man they were tracking, uh, and this isn't the first time the sheriff has not been forthcoming on a case. We're going to take a closer look at his history. That's coming your way tonight at 6. All right, now to a decision to 2020 and the fallout from last night's presidential debate, a debate that NBC's Lester Holt described as the low point in American political discourse, and that's putting it nicely. Today, officials with the Commission on Presidential Debates said they're looking to change the debate format in the future. Though a source close to the commission told NBC News that no final decisions have been made, but added the group is considering cutting off a candidate's mic if they break the rules. Well, tonight, both candidates are back on the campaign trail. And NBC4's Conan Nolan following it all from our newsroom. Conan. Hello, Michael. Well, yes, we talked with a former member of the Commission on Presidential Debates, and he thought about one of those old... Um, game show booths where one of the contestants goes into a uh, into a booth soundproof booth while the other contestant engages and answers questions it was that bad joe biden today on the campaign trail in pennsylvania what i saw last night was all about him he didn't speak to you or your concerns president trump today at the white house by every measure we won the debate easily last night i think he was very weak he looked weak he was whining different reactions to last night's debate which was not a competition of ideas nor anything close to the decorum traditionally afforded the nation's most hallowed office folks do you have any idea what this clown's doing among those watching in horror a past member of the commission on presidential debates leon panetta uh, I think this is probably the worst presidential debate uh, in the history of presidential debates. Uh, I think it was a disgrace. 
Panetta, a former Monterey congressman, director of the CIA, and secretary of defense, said the 90-minute exchange was an embarrassment to the nation. As President Trump flouted rules that his campaign had agreed to, to let each of the candidates speak for two minutes uninterrupted. Are you in favor of law and order? I'm in favor of law. You follow you in favor of law and order? The Commission on Presidential Debates today announced it's making some changes to upcoming debates to ensure a more orderly discussion of the issues. Panetta says that's fundamental for the debates to have any meaning. Uh, I think uh, you've almost got to look at a way to be able to cut off the mic uh, if, uh, if somebody tries to interfere that way. You've got to be able to discipline uh, that debate so that people get what they're entitled to, which is to hear these candidates express themselves on the issues. One very different debate we can expect is October 7th, when Senator Kamala Harris, the Democratic nominee for vice president, and the current vice president, Mike Pence, debate. That will take place in Salt Lake City. I'm Conan Nolan, NBC4 News. All right, Conan, a booth for us or for them? <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. All right, NBC's Lester Holt will sit down with Joe Biden for a town hall in Miami, and you can see it right here on NBC4 next Monday night at 8 o'clock. Interesting thought, Michael. Driving for their jobs, why these Disney workers are running a caravan from Orange County to the state capitol, and what they hope to accomplish when they pull up. But up next, get your remote ready right now. The big night in L.A. sports that will have you switching back and forth. We'll hmm. be right back. Home is dancing because no one's watching.